Okay. Well, here we are, folks. Uh, hour number two. And uh, we have Pete Woods in the studio. And he has a couple of guests with him today. Pete, you're filling up our studio today. You got uh, both Dan and Ryan with you in the studio. Do you want to introduce your guests yes, to start yes. off with? Uh, let me uh, let me start out this way, Brad. Give me a give me just a brief moment here of a little explanation here, real quick, if okay. you would please, right. and listeners. Um, it's kind of like in the timber industry when you when you um, when you plant trees or you harvest trees and it comes back natural. You're really you're really planting for the next generation is what you're doing. You're, any any job site I've cut off in the last 10 years, I will never harvest it again in my lifetime unless I live to be close to 100, which I okay. hope to try, but I don't think it'll happen. But if I do, that's how long out it is. And when you start trying to do something, folks, that's new, it's it's a little bit leery. It's a little bit tougher, but you think you're doing it most of the time for the next generation. You're doing some stuff for yourself, but you're doing stuff for the next generation, really. And that's why today uh, I met with these guys actually in July of 2014, myself and some other board members of our board, ACLT, and we started talking about it's a local union 49ers and construction heavy equipment operations. And I have always thought about this years ago that listening to people I know that are in the construction trade, their insurance, their benefits were tremendous. I mean, just tremendous. And guys that would just come out of high school, they would work their whole life in construction, they'd get around their late 50s, early 60s, they'd retire, and they'd have a real good pension. And I know in our timber industry, we don't have the capital flow to do that. And I always thought, how is it possible, somehow possible, to be a part of that boat, you could say? Meaning, is there any way possible to be a part of it where you don't break the bank of your own business to do this. And that's when it started in 2014 with these guys. And who we have in the studio today is Dan Snitterich from Local 49 and Ryan Davies. And also be calling in here shortly as the head of all of it is Jason George. He'll be calling in here shortly. He couldn't make it, but he will be. And Dan here, he's, he's out of Virginia area. We met him about 2014. And Dan, we started talking about it back then, listening to it. I always remember listening to you and the other guys talk, and I always thought this would work great, but financially it can't because construction is a totally different ball game, where logging is another way. And so it took over three years of negotiating and talking. It was probably what the last three months, five months of heavy talking that it actually started taking root. And in November of 2017, my family business became the very first union operating logging contractor in the United States. Really? Yes. So, t- so Pete, in November of 2017, your family logging operation became the first unionized logging operation in the United States. Yes, in the United States. It took that long, wow. and then we kept it very quiet. And the reason why is because I wasn't sure. And granted, folks, you're, when you're, you're venturing into waters, you're not really, it's out of your realm, kind of. You do get nervous. You don't know what to expect. Oh, yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. It could blow up in your face. So you, we kept it very quiet is because I want to see how it is for myself. And then after a while, that's when I start talking to these guys. I want to go public with it. And that's why today... 
Dan and Ryan are here and to explain a little bit about Dan himself. Are you ready to go there, Dan? Yeah, good morning, Brad. Thanks for uh, having good us. Good morning. Thanks for giving us this opportunity to be on. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, when when Pete first started talking to you or you started talking to him about it, uh, what kind of things did you bring up to him as advantages that may, might, may, you know, these guys that work in the woods, they're probably the most independent breed of anybody you ever spined. And, and so there's going to have to be some realistic connection that's going to make them want to take that step uh, as Peter has done here to become a unionized logger. So what kind of things did you talk about that maybe piqued his interest? Yeah, so um, several things actually. It, it kind of started on the principle of um, we represent uh, heavy equipment operators in the state of Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. And uh, uh, ironically, in days like this, um, typically you don't see a lot of that heavy machinery out being used. And reason being is uh, those construction workers aren't typically working in the winter. Um, a lot of our guys, when they're not working, um, you know, spend time working for logging contractors already out in the woods, and, and there's already that uh, initial um, marriage, so to speak, um, with, with our members that are, that are uh, off from construction companies, and, and they're out running heavy equipment in the logging industry in the wintertime. So um, that was an initial uh, thing that we had. Um, some other stuff that, that we went with was uh, um, based on... Uh, uh, that we brought to the table was some of the benefits that we can offer as a, as a union to um, to our members out there. Um, you know, whether it's uh, pension, uh, health insurance, and our training, we have a, a wonderful training facility down in Hinkley um, where we are able to train these individuals and and uh, and help them out and and give them the skills and things that we need for um, their companies to help them succeed in the in the logging industry also. So. Uh, Peter uh, uh, and Scott Dane and, and myself and, and several other contractors and Ryan and and uh, actually some some people that preceded me also involved um, in some discussions several years ago and and uh, it evolved to where we're at right now with Peter. So, wow. So, as as new now, have you had interest from other loggers that have found this out, Peter? I mean, I, you you make it sound like maybe this has not been too. Uh, widely known by a lot of people up until now but are there are there other loggers that have now shown some interest in maybe uh, getting some of the same uh, information and education and becoming part of that uh, yeah we process? we kept it really quiet because it wasn't sure because you don't want to tell your fellow loggers out there about it unless you know okay this is how it actually works out we waited almost a whole year and it got leaked sure. out a little bit more than that but where I actually started talking a little bit more and more and I want to make sure with the 49er group and with, uh, with their head people that this, this could keep going. And it has. It's been excellent. What really triggered it mostly for myself was the health insurance. And I was going to say. That, <laughs> that was yeah. back probably 20 years ago. We had a Cadillac plan of health insurance, okay? Then probably around 2006, seven, it started changing pretty heavily. And then when probably 2009, 10, it got really bad health insurance for what? Because remember, folks, remember I said in the past about $2,000 a month and a $13,000 deductible. That's what we were actually paying. And when the 49ers came along, I couldn't believe the difference in money. I really couldn't. And it's because their, their organization is extremely run. And I always thought, I want to be a part of this, but I don't know how financially could it be a part of this. And And yeah. so that's where... 
we started talking more and more. And then Dan really worked at the nuts and Ryan worked at the nuts and bolts of this real heavy. And that's how it became, became part of it. Right. Con- concur to that. So. Well, Dan, uh, explain, because the health insurance thing really, uh, I would imagine there was advantages or incentives because of the fact that there were large numbers of people in that pool the the 49ers represent what other classification of uh, of employees that help build up those numbers? That's an excellent question. And we have somebody with us also via phone because he couldn't quite make it is Jason George. Jason, are okay. you there? I am here, yeah. Okay, great, great. Jason George is out of the metro area, and he has a lot of good information about that. Like how many how many members are there, Jason, and how does the – like, could you explain how the insurance works with it? Because you're an expert on where I'm really not. I'm just on the outside kind of trying to get this to keep rolling. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Um, we actually represent close to 14,000 members. Um, and the question was asked, wow. uh, what classifications uh, do we work in? That's in three states, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. Uh, the vast majority of those members are in Minnesota and work in Minnesota. Um in all kinds of different industries, from you know building oil pipelines to working in refineries to building roads and bridges to public sector people that are out there today plowing roads and putting salt on roads and, and mechanics and um, pretty much you name it, any kind of infrastructure, we're in that industry. Um, and in terms of the health care, uh, the reason why we're able to provide the kind of health care that we have is because of the volume that we represent. Um, sure. With those 14,000 members, uh, the, the, the coverage that we offer is family coverage, so we cover um, spouses and children as well, dependents. And when you add it all up, it's about 30,000 people that we take care of. Um, that wow. gives us, we spend about $150 million a year on health care uh, because we're self-insured. So well, we, and, and, and Peter, Peter, up till now, uh, you as an independent logger, you had to go out and buy your own insurance on the open market, right, right. just as an individual. Right. right, and it was getting tougher and tougher, and that's how this came. This was the biggest driving factor, and Jason can elaborate on it a little bit more than me, but it's the biggest driving factor that drove us to try and do this. It, there was a lot of things in the nuts and bolts, like I was saying earlier with Dan and Ryan could explain better than me, but to get it to where it would actually fit, and that's when it came about how it actually fits now. And okay. and the, the the training center, Jason, on that down in Hinkley, if you could elaborate just a hair on that, that is, we toured that for the first time last spring, and I was amazed at how nice it is. It was unbelievable. I thought, are we in the right spot almost? It seemed like a huge, <laughs> beautiful building. I thought, I think we're in the right spot because right there is Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, the place is pretty uh, incredible. It's one of the... You know, every IUOE, there's an IUOE operating engineers local in every state in America, and they all have uh, some kind of a training center, but ours is among the very best in the country. Uh, we actually have 400 acres in Hinkley, in addition to that uh, a big building and then training uh, classes, classroom setting that's basically like a community college. Uh, but what separates us is the, that 400 acres. Um, we have the ability to put in and train, and, and people, members can practice doing real work out in the field. Um, we have all kinds of equipment, you know, cranes, bulldozers, you name it, we have it. If we don't have it, we can rent it. And um, members are allowed to go out in the field and actually train on doing the equipment they'll do 
uh, they train up there in the winter and, and, and on the stuff they'll actually do in the summer. Um, now, it would be a little bit reverse in the logging industry. Right? You guys work in the winter, um, but there's abilities mm-hmm. to do training in the summer for what you all do and practice. Um, and and that's, that place is just, it's probably, uh, you know, that and the healthcare are the things that separate us um, really and, and the things we're most proud of. It's just an amazing facility. Dan, Dan actually is sitting with you there today, is on the board of directors there, and maybe you can chime in too. But um, it's just a well-run place, and it's, it's run professionally like a, like a real college, like a community college or a technical college. Yeah, I guess well, I Dan, would. Dan, uh, Dan or, or Jason, either one of you, uh, I, I knew right away the health insurance thing would have been a, a huge attraction for Peter and for other loggers. But I would assume there probably is the availability if you want to buy into a system for a retirement plan of some sort as well, wouldn't there be, through the 49ers? Yes, yes. That that package does come along with our agreement that, that we have in place for, for the individual companies that, that do uh, uh, get on board with us, absolutely. So. Okay. Yep. Yeah, the, the retirement package is part of our health insurance. Every uh, When you pay into it and, and you get credits, for the years of service that you work, and that goes towards paying down your um, premium when you retire. So when you're actually actively working, you're building up of uh, credit credits that you can use when you retire to purchase um, or actually stay in our health insurance. It's it's really a good deal that if you've ever met. <laughs> there's two things. There's there's one thing that I always laugh about. Whenever I've met a, uh, whenever you see a retired 49er, they're always happy. <laughs> it's because that, that pension check comes in the first of the month and they have the best retiree health insurance in probably in America. <laughs> it's that good. So I can um, testify that because I know friends that are retired and it seems like they got it pretty good right now. Golf is probably their biggest stress they have. I was going to say, I happen to know one that lives uh, about three doors down from me here on the 17th green in Florida <laughs> and he's out there every day playing <laughs> <laughs> so. that's that's true and and they you know these these men and women work extremely hard and um and we're very proud of that that they when they retire and you know it's time to call it quits and that they have the opportunity to do that they've earned that and that's something that i know I'm, i think we're all that work for the union are extremely proud of so so guys it, it would be fair to say that the 49ers uh i believe it would be fair to say anyway that the 49ers are made up mostly of professional labor type of people pipe fitters steam fitters oil uh, workers road builders people that really put uh, the sweat of their brow into their work and uh, and that's basically what the 49ers kind of uh, involved themselves with. Yes, uh, it's kind of like the ultimate rednecks everywhere is the best way to put it because they're pretty much outside all the time. They're the ones Leave that are... to you, Peter. Yes. <laughs> We're all kind of, you say, rednecks. But one time it wasn't a cool thing to say, but it is now for some reason. But... Um, we're all working in the elements all the time. If if you're a construction worker on a crane, you're up on a 20-story building, the wind's blowing, it's cold out, he's earning his pay or she's earning her pay to be up there doing that right today. Now, granted, I'm not in that industry, but it's it's like I said at the beginning, you plant a tree for the next generation, and that's what I felt needed to be done is it may take a long time to root, and I hope that other loggers are listening out there that would give a chance to just think on these things that maybe sure. in time it would blossom into something that 
everybody could ride out and then you would be stressed out about your golf game when you retire. <laughs> it's going to be a ways out. No, don't get me wrong. It's a long ways out. But I wish people would just think about it. And if you're sitting in West Duluth and you're thinking about what you'd like to do with your life, a career, and you're 23, 24 years old or 30, it's never too late to start that if you have no skills or any equipment. Right. The, well, guys, the place in Hinkley to, could well, help you. We have to take a break for a moment here. We are uh, uh, we are public radio, <laughs> commercial radio. And uh, so what I want to do is take this break. But when, when we're away on break, think about it, guys. What I'd like you to do maybe to talk about a little bit when we come back. Uh, Peter, specifically to you, when they said they had a training facility where they could help you with work, was your first thought, they can't teach me anything. I'm an independent logger. I've been working in the woods for 20 years. What are they going to teach me? I can answer so, that right now. You're right. Well, yeah. <laughs> No, I'll, like, I'll elaborate well, on the Folks, I'll elaborate on Okay. We'll I got do, people we'll rolling their eyes right now. <laughs> I got you. All right. Well, we'll take this break, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Okay. More of Sound Off is on the way. Coming up at 11, it's your daily fix of Rush. 710 and FM 98.1 WDSM. The larch, the fir, the mighty Scots pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber, the crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the lavatory. On Wednesday I go shopping and have buttered scones for tea. <laughs> <laughs> See, Peter, you thought we were going to let you get away without it today. (laughs) Almost three years of doing this, and I'm still laughing at the same song. (laughs) I know. Well, it kind of spells out the way the the whole work thing goes with you. So... So as we went to break, I was I was asking because I was visualizing you when they said to you probably the first time that well we got this uh, we got this training facility down in Hinkley we can teach you how to be a little more effective a little more efficient in your work and you're yes. saying in your mind you can't show me nothing I I'm an independent logger I've been working out there twenty years For, so, it, it does well I actually been out there folks over fifty years actually I have been is and that it, right yeah I started oh when I was six God. years old. I can't. I gotta make sure that nobody hears it from the legal end of it. But yeah, <laughs> actually, I was out there at six years old, really. And uh, it's it's. Uh, well, now wait. What are you doing at six years old? Snapping twigs, or <laughs> actually, what I was considered back then is I was the measure pole guy. Anybody that's been in the timber industry I will remember that. I know that job. And uh, you fought with I did it. That you, job. You, you you did the swatting the mosquitoes and all. Oh, call. But you were you weren't doing much, but you were learning. And then probably by around the age of twelve, thirteen, you could probably run. Physically, just as much as a fully grown man, but you didn't have the strength. You didn't have the strength yeah. to really lift. But as far as physically working, uh, I I remember working all day. And when your head hit the pillow like at 9 o'clock, nine ten, it was oh, two minutes man. and you were out. I mean, you were out, yep. and a lot of times you didn't move till morning. It was tremendous. I mean, and some of the times you kind of miss those days because of the physicalness. But I think a lot of times it's kind of like somebody that has an old car, that hot rod re- recapturing your youth, but you recapture the memories of it, but you really never recapture your youth because otherwise I wouldn't be able to stand here and talk. I'd be in such a hurry to go do something else. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> so Peter, when they first took you down to this facility in Hinkley, were you amazed that, my God, there is some things I can learn? Um, as much as learning, not as much that you do learn little bits. It's kind of like any logger that's been in business for quite a long time, your pencil's sharp, but you can always still learn a bit, a little bit yeah. here, a little bit there. Yeah. You're not going to learn vast, but you're going to learn stuff. I was really almost shocked, amazed at how much equipment, how much nice equipment, how much nice building, how the people were welcoming us in. And, you know, we, we, I mean, I was new, completely new, only like maybe four months into it, six months into it or whatever. And they were very welcoming, very encouraging and walking around. It was cold though that day, but still it was just really something. And then Got a nephew into it who became, who's in apprenticeship now, and one of my son's friends brought him with, and he got introduced, and he started, uh, he's been working full-time construction as an apprentice, okay? But yep. uh, but it's, 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 really, it's really something, it is, and it's been, that has not just all of a sudden been built. It has been built over many, many years, and uh, Jason, well, he's, it, he probably has a lot of history about that as well. Well, I was going to ask Jason, uh, uh, Jason, one of the things, I mean, I spent 12 years on the Duluth School Board in Duluth, and and uh, I, I was very disappointed to see the lack of uh, education in the skilled trades that the schools do. They used to do a much better job of it, I think. And, and don't unions like yours, like the 49ers, uh, spend a lot of time actually training people for these skilled, these skilled labor jobs? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I share your disappointment. I, I can tell you from firsthand experience that, you know, until it, it's been changing the last two or three years, but there was about a 10 or 12 year period where, you know, we were actively going out to recruit and, you know, we'd go to the high schools and we'd say, hey, we want to come in and talk about the, these great careers with great wages and great benefits. And, and they would say no. They would say we're yeah. not interested because we want we want kids to go to a four year degree and, and and that was the way it was for about ten twelve fifteen years there and but I, I'm happy to say that that's changing we are you know not only being allowed into different high schools and different to to speak to the youth now these days but they're actually calling us and I think there's this there's an opportunity now um, with this whole conversation around student debt and really you know parents asking questions about the value of you know, having a hundred thousand dollars in debt in a four-year degree, um, as opposed yeah. to being able to be able to earn money right away when you're 18 years old and learn a learn a skill, learn a trade uh, that that you'll have the rest of your life. So, there's an opportunity for us. We're seeing a re, re uh, there's a lot of interest, and and we're uh, taking advantage of that and doing a lot of recruiting and getting a lot of the young more young people in. But also add, you know, the, the training center really is about two things. One is continuing education for, for journeymen and women that have been in the trades that want to learn different skills and different aspects of their job. But also, you know, to your point about what, what, um, what people can learn, about training that next generation, um, yeah. you know, and finding uh, for the loggers, I think about that, like, you know, the, the people that are going to do this after Peter, Who's going to, you know, how are we making sure that they're trained up and we can help with that? And that's what that's, that place is about as well. So um, it's, it's slowly changing, and I'm happy to see that because these are, these are really great careers, and, and young people need to know about them. There, there are other options out there. Do you think, uh, well, Jason? Do, oh, go uh, ahead, Brad. Well, I was I was going to ask uh, Jason in the in the training that you do. Are there some parts of the training that are steered 
directly at how to run your own business? In other words, how, what, I, I, I remember, I, I don't mean to put Peter on the spot here, but I remember when I first met him years ago, uh, we sat down at, at a dinner table where they had, their organization had asked me to come speak at their function. I don't know why I had nothing to say to them. I'm trying to figure that one out myself, but, Brad, but. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah, but Peter, uh, but I asked Peter, uh, so what, what kind of things happen on a day-to-day basis? And he was telling me about the fact that he had got out and purchased uh, underground or ab- maybe they were above ground, I don't remember, Peter, but tanks that you could hold gas and diesel fuel in right. and that the reason you did that was because it was a smart business move when the price was low to buy that uh, product keep it stored so that when the prices went up you were still using the lower cost product right so that was one of those things that i think you can teach as a business sense to somebody that's like an independent logger and i'm just wondering jason if you have some of that that goes on in your training as well you know, we do have things that come to mind. We have partnerships with different community colleges and their construction management programs so okay. that, that members have the opportunity to go from the trade and be more on the, you know, managing a project, supervising sure. a project side. Um, so we do have people that transition to that, and we do have classes uh, surrounding that a little bit, and, and you get credit uh, in our apprenticeship program for when you go do the management track in the, at the technical college the apprenticeship and the, the training that you have from us gets you credit for that sure. and tor- towards your degree. So we do have the ability to do that a little bit. Uh, it's mostly geared towards construction right now. But the nice thing about the training center is that when we bring new clients or new industries on board or we, you know, we deepen our relationship with these industries, we have the ability to do whatever we want. So if, if there's okay. a program specifically for logging that we could create to help um, you know, learn more of the business side or whatever that is. I mean, yeah, we're we're always open to that. Our partners, so you can adapt that. Absolutely, the contractors and our, okay. our our business partners are half of. It's a fifty fifty proposition. That the 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 training center is actually not the union's training center wholly. It's run by a labor management board, five union representatives, five contractor representatives. So the contractors ah. have a tremendous amount of input. So they okay. also help design the curriculum. If there's things that they need, we can adapt quickly. So that's that's Jason, another I'm gonna ask advantage. You, uh, I'm going to ask you and Peter and uh, Dan and Ryan to hang on for a little bit. Can I keep you guys for a few more minutes after the news break here? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take our Fox News break at the bottom of the hour, which is running late here. And then we'll come back with a little bit more with uh, Peter Wood and his guests from the 49er, local 49ers union. You're sounding off with Brad Bennett. Coming up at 11, keep yourself one step ahead with Rush Limbaugh. 710 WDSM. AM 710 and on FM at The Woodchopper's Ball. <laughs> Very appropriate music. So even if morning. it's cold out, you want to dance, don't you? 
Yes, you do. You want to get up and dance, absolutely. <laughs> At least move. Well, we are, uh, Peter, I am finding out more things about you all the time as, as our uh, segment goes on. I've told you many times before, uh, when you first talked to me about uh, doing a show, I thought, well, this is going to last about one One or one two tries. Maybe. One Goodbye. or two tries. Here we are three years later. It'll be three <laughs> in July, cool. but yeah, it's, uh, but it's sometimes it's nerve-wracking. <laughs> Folks, sometimes it is very nerve-wracking because I'm always thinking, I want it to be interesting. I always want to be thankful that people are willing to take time out of their day and listen. I really do appreciate it because some of my ideas well, and just, thoughts, uh, you wonder. I just had a note from one of our listeners who said, best show ever. So, I don't know. <laughs> Top uh, that, dude. That's, that's, yeah. Oh, golly, so pressure. You got, you got one person's opinion, I guess. But yeah. we're, we're talking to Peter Wood, who is an independent logger, who I find this morning is maybe the first member of the 49ers, local 49ers union yeah, to be a union logger maybe in the country. And we're talking a little bit this morning about what the importance is of being able to uh, have that connection. And there was a lot of discussion about health care, number one. I knew that would be an issue, uh, the pension potential, but also things like uh, training. So, yep. guys, in the little bit of time we have left, uh, Jason, Dan, Ryan, anything that you guys want to throw in or add uh, to the discussion that we yeah, had so there's far. one thing that uh, logging has just started. To remember, this was started in 1927, the Union 49ers, and so for logging, it's just starting now. So to build on that, it takes a long time. But actually, the 49ers have already started on something. It had nothing. It really didn't have to do with logging, but they're using logging equipment in other areas of their industry. And uh, Dan, would, I'd like to have him explain that a little bit. Yeah, so um, just recently, within the last couple of weeks here, we just got, uh, we're getting wrapped up with, a, with a, uh, a training process at our training center. It's a forwarder class. And actually, we, we designed this class from a, with a contractor's help um, to bring up a piece of machinery up to our training center with some, some uh, wood mats that they use to mat down swamps. And, and basically, with the principle of that class was um, to help out the, the pipeline industry with some of the pipeline work that's coming up. And uh, and basically, the class was a success. We had a lot of people enroll to it. Uh, we actually extended it out two more weeks longer than uh, originally anticipated. And uh, basically, that that is a direct way that in the construction er- uh, end of it, um, we can turn around and, and, and help the logging end because uh, the forwarder is actually a machine that they use in the logging industry out in the woods. And, and if Peter were to, or, or somebody else were to get some, some extra work and needed some extra help, uh, they could reach out to us and say, hey, do you guys got anybody that can run a forwarder? And and uh, we have access to those names and those individuals, and, and we definitely send them over Peter's direction. So a um, lot, of, lot of things. And, and like Jason said earlier, um, uh, obviously we can adapt as, as need to. So we can get the equipment, we can get the instructors to get on board with what we need to do, and, uh, and sure. we can make that happen for those individual companies and, and what they need. So. so you're not searching for people relentlessly all the time. You might have an option this way. And there's another thing being a part of this is like with Jason – you get a connection, so to speak, with the governor's office. And Jason, would you want to elaborate just a little bit on that? We're going to run out of time here, but I think that is very important. No matter who's in office, that's who you have to work with. I'm a firm believer in that. And no matter who, what party affiliation, you still have to work with that person. And I think it's very important because if if we're not showing up, somebody else is. Uh, that's right. And you know, our connection to you know politics is is focused on jobs. Um, that's the only reason we participate in it. You don't get involved in any other issues, and we're a bipartisan union. We support Republicans and Democrats. We really support anybody that 
supports our, our men and women in their careers and their jobs. Um, and part of that, uh, uh, you know, because we're big, you know, we have 14,000 members and, you know, like I said, 33,000 people we take care of in healthcare and we, we spend a lot of money on healthcare. We just, we have the ability and the access to into these doors and make our case. But part of that is not, we don't just do that for, you know, the union. We do that for our industry partners. Um, for instance, I was just yesterday at the state capitol, and I spent some time doing this um, with an industry, you know, one of our main, uh, one of our biggest contractors on the road roadside infrastructure side. And we were talking about a major project that's going to happen, and, and we were, had a good conversation with the governor's office about that. And, you know, I was able to take them in there and, and have that conversation. It was very important that we do that so our voice is heard. Um, and we were there advocating for jobs. And, and that's what we consistently do with our partners. And that's something that we would be able to provide to the logging industry as well. It, you know, as much as we might not like it, and I don't, I don't think anybody likes politics right now on whatever side of the aisle or fence you're on, but it's, it's a necessary part of business. And that's the way that we look at it. And, and every industry has needs and every industry has to deal with the government in some way. And, and we're here to help uh, in that regard. And that's what we spend our time doing. Well, guys, the uh, the last thing I would like to ask this morning is I'm sure we have uh, probably other loggers that are listening this morning. And if there are people that uh, have been listening and maybe want to research the uh, possibility of a connection with them as well, how do they do that? Uh, Peter, are you a contact now for the uh, 49ers logging, or are there other? No, the way to talk to it would be with, uh, with uh, give Dan, Ryan, or Jason a call, but mostly Dan here. Um, do you have a phone number that they can call Dan, or is it email, or is it through Carrier Pigeon, or how do we do this? Yeah, yeah well, a lot of <laughs> a lot of different ways actually. But uh, I would also like to say through uh, through Scott through the ACLT also. Um, Local Forty Nine is a is a member of the ACLT now, and and a lot of our our outlying vendors are are part of that organization too. And and Scott's been a good driving uh, partner uh, through this through this process also. So I, I have talked okay. to a lot of other contractors, uh, logging contractors. Um, uh, and the reason I've talked to them is is due to Scott getting the word out and Peter and and things like that. So yeah, um, feel free yeah, if you know Scott, if you know Peter, uh, reach out and uh, um, you know and, and they'll definitely steer you my direction. You guys, I'd love to have a phone call and and we'll meet up with you and, and discuss the details. So that's really All what we're right. about. Sounds great. Well, uh, Peter, thank you very much uh, for bringing uh, Dan, Ryan, and uh, Jason in this morning. Well, Jason, thank you by very phone. Much. Uh, it's been an interesting uh, segment again, as always. And uh, there's an opportunity for loggers out there. Uh, you don't have to feel like you're lost, like you're an independent, all on your own, all by yourself. Uh, there are uh, opportunities for you to uh, get additional training yep. and uh, and also have some of the benefits of being associated with uh, a 14,000-member-strong three-state organization, the local 49ers. Yep. All, all I'm trying to do here is to get individual loggers out there and individual people to think on this, that maybe there is a good way to make a living, and you don't have to go to college. And you can work yeah. good, and we're all in the same boat. Basically, it's like a big boat, and the young ones are coming in, the older ones are thinking of going out. But you carry one another, and you help one another out. And I thought, this is a way that hopefully it will work, but you have to have interest. And the biggest thing is, why don't you give them a call? Think about it. And if it works sure. for you, great. If it don't, well, that's up to you. But at least think about it and give it a shot. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, thank all of you very much for the time thank this you. morning. Uh, 
We uh, appreciate that, and I think it gives people a little more insight to the kind of things that are available, even in the area of independent logging in northern Minnesota and Wisconsin. So Absolutely. Uh, thank you guys very much. Kenny, we got to take our uh, Wisconsin news break.